We got our friend from South Africa, Brother Hansi Stain, is with us this morning, and we get to have him here with us every year, and so thankful for him. He's such a blessing to me. We've known each other for several years now, and uh, uh, as you'll notice, he talks weird, and uh, that's all right. I'm not saying he is weird. He is a little bit, but that's all right. <laughs> but but uh, we love Brother Hansi. Uh, God has used him in my life over the last several years, and uh, he's used him in big ways, and uh, in our church as well. And, uh, you know, you try and give an introduction for those of you who have never met Hansi before or heard Hansi, but let me just tell you, it's a mighty man of God, and God has used him in many mighty ways. And so, Brother Hansi, you come forward. Thank, thank you, you, my brother. dear brother. Thank you. Thank you so much. Don't say too much because my wife will say, oh boy, there goes the head again. <clears throat> we just give God all the praise and all the glory. And um, thank you for inviting me again. And that I can speak to you guys. Looks like things are going good. Church is growing. Going to get a new building. Oh boy. Just always remember one thing. When you build a new church, or you buy a house or any property as a child of God. I've, I've, I've sensed this and I've seen this with so many people. You are buying an area that Satan could have got hold of and put up a sex shop or a bar or something. So when you buy those, th that piece of ground, you better anoint that ground from the beginning. Because Satan does not like Christians buying any ground. Because he knows what's going to be put up there and it becomes holy ground. Okay, and that even if you buy a normal house as a child of God, make sure that you anoint that house and that, and the, and that ground. Because Satan does not like the children of God buying homes. Holy Spirit, help me this morning as I bring the word of God and just uplift the people and give them a good encouraging word this morning that you will help me to preach through the Holy Spirit and not from my flesh and that people will accept and listen to the word through the Holy Spirit and not from their flesh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 31. Everybody look at me and say, I'm a survivor. Say, so I can make it. It doesn't matter what the attacks are. I can make it. I'm a survivor. Do you believe that you're a survivor? Yes, in Jeremiah 31, um, God is speaking. Jeremiah is writing what God is saying and what God is saying to his people. He says, if they were there at the same time, he says, I will be the God of all the families of Israel and they shall be my people. That says the Lord, the people who survived the sword found grace in the wilderness, Israel, when I went to give it to him or to rest. The Lord has appeared to me of old and said, said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I've drawn you again. I will build you and you shall be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. You shall be adorned with your tambourines and you shall go forth 
He's basically saying to them there that they will go forth and they will be in dances and they will be, be in praise and worship. Verse 7, for thus says the Lord, sing with gladness. He wants them to sing and to be in praise and worship for Jacob and shout among the people. He says, proclaim and, and praise and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. And then verse 9, the last part of verse 9, he says, For I am a father of Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. This is a part of a scripture where Israel was just come out of 430 years of slavery in Egypt. And they've been slaves for many, many years, gone through a lot of attacks. A lot of them died. A lot of them just fell back. They didn't even believe in God. And they died like that. They were sick. A lot of them died as slaves. But guess what? The people that he was talking to here was the people that were left over. They were the remnant of God. And God, in this whole portion of Scripture, there's two points that you've got to remember before I start explaining to you. God is speaking to his people here, the remnant of God. He's speaking to them as a father. And he is speaking to them as children, the remnant. And this morning I believe that some of you are going through some attacks. Some of you have been gone, going through some attacks. Some of you have felt like you want to give up. Some of you don't even believe that maybe you, you, you're sitting here this morning, but maybe you're thinking, does God still love me? Why isn't God hearing my prayer? Why has my mother got COVID? Why is my child on drugs? Why did I lose my job? Just remember that God is a good God, all right? God does no evil. God cannot be evil. God cannot lie. God, no, there's certain things that God cannot do. God's a good God. Don't come up here and say, he's a good, good father. Yes, he is. But he gave me cancer. But he gave me cancer. It doesn't work like that, all right? You can't sing God is a good God and then God does, does evil. God's a father. <laughs> and this morning he wants to talk to some of you sitting here. Maybe not everybody, maybe everybody that is going through some issue in your life, some torment in your life, some sickness, something that's not right. And he's saying to you, I'm your father, and you are my firstborn. You are my child. Oh, what a, what a, 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 a great name, father. You know, God could be Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Almighty. You could call him all those names. But I think the name father has got a special little connection with a child. So come on, fathers. I mean, when you look at that little daughter of yours or that little hunk of a guy of yours that looks like you, man, there's a connection. There's an intimacy between a father because God made a father because he's a father. He wants to be a father. And mothers are just as, as important. I'm not talking about mothers and fathers separate. I'm just talking about God saying that I'm your father. There's a special intimacy between a father and a child. So this morning, listen to this message as a child of God. And hear the Father speaking just through a man, just telling you something. Okay, is that all right with you? Okay. As a, as a father, 
He's talking to the remnant, the children of God. Why were they called the, the remnant? Because in verse 7, if you go to verse 7 again, he says, For thus says the Lord. He says, Sing with gladness, O Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Proclaim, give praise, and say, O Lord, save your people, the remnant of Israel. And God is telling his children this morning that they are the remnant. And you guys sitting here this morning, if you know it or not, you are the remnant of God. Why are you the remnant? What does the word remnant mean? The word remnant means that you have, you have survived, you've come through, you have you are the people that are left over that is not sitting at home right now being angry at God because God didn't heal their mother, being angry at, at the Christians because the Christians just talk, talk, talk and nothing happens and they, uh, they don't read the word, they don't pray and guess what? That attack that has come against them has got them down. But you guys are sitting here this morning, in spite of what you've gone through, in spite of what you are going through, guess where you are? You are right here. Why? Because you have escaped. You have gone through trials and tribulations. You have gone through things in your life that the devil has put upon you, and you are still there. You are still standing. You are the remnant. If you look at the word remnant in the Hebrew, one of the main uh, um, characteristics of the word remnant means that you are a survivor. And most of you sitting here this morning, I want to encourage you, remember what I'm saying, it's Father God speaking to you, not me. Father God is telling you, you are my remnant, you are a survivor. You have gone through stuff in your life that you should never have gone through. But oh my goodness, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the name of Jesus Christ, oh the word and the power of God Almighty himself, he's got you through that. And listen to me, you are unfortunately in a spiritual fight as a child of God. You are in a warfare with Satan and his demons. If you don't know that yet, you better wake up. And he wants to put you down and count you out. And he wants to keep you down there so that you can give up. But you are not a giver up. You are not a loser. You are a survivor. And you're going to build a new church. You've got new land and stuff. Listen to me, Satan's going to come. Don't just go into this step. Don't just go into this year thinking, well, I've got it made. Because just when you think you've got it made, Satan will hit you. But I want you to remember, the Father was saying, that you are a survivor. Come on, come say this with me. Say, I'm the remnant of God. I'm a survivor. I've made it. I will make it. And I'm going to make it. I'll never give up to the power of God. Okay. I want to encourage you, doesn't matter where you are, young people, middle people, senior people, old, old people, that's all right, whatever you are. <laughs> One day somebody said to me, I'm not old, I'm mature. Okay, for the mature gray people, gray-headed people then. Oh, the remnant that's been separated. Man, you guys have gone through it, just like Israel went through it. When God was talking to Israel, they weren't serving uh, uh, idols. They were doing good. They were doing good in their, in their relationship with God. And that's when God took them out. And that's when they went through the, through, through the wilderness. And I said, okay, Lord, so 
Hey, some of you have gone through so many, many attacks in your life, but you are still, I'm, I'm preparing you. The Father God is telling you Satan will not stop attacking you. Why not, Hansi? Because Satan stole the God of this earth. But God has given you and I the power to rule and to reign on this earth. Jesus is not here anymore. That's why when Jesus came, he said, oh my goodness, hey, if you believe in me, the works that I do, you'll do exactly the same. John 14, 12. He says, come on, and you'll do greater works. But I'm not Jesus. No, I know you're not Jesus, but you've got the same power that Jesus got. Because God said, when, you, when I go to my Father, I'll send you another helper. Jesus was their helper. Who did he send them? The Holy Ghost. So all of you should have the knowledge, the discernment, the wisdom. All of you should have the, have the gift of healing and miracles and faith. You can speak in tongues. You can interpret tongues. You can, you can have the power. You have the a commanding power of the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost. If only you'll use it. But we Christians aren't using it. So that's why many people aren't survivors. Because they give up. Well, why, well what can I do? I don't know. Why isn't God doing this? Why isn't God, why isn't God doing what? Hasn't God done, done everything? Yes. What else do you want him to do? He's given you the cross. He's given you the blood. He's given you the name of Jesus. The word of God. The Holy Spirit. The angels. He's given you prayer. The full armor of God. What else do you want? I'll tell you what you want. You want to be a little spoiled brat. You want to go sit down. <laughs> well, let God do everything. And you just, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. No, you got to rise up. But the church has become like marshmallows. <laughs> Man, sometimes when I come into a church, I just hear. <laughs> and I think, what's going on? God says, it's Satan trampling on the marshmallow Christians. <laughs> I remember when that pastor of yours was just still driving that old stupid Dodge. I think, I think he's stepped up a little bit now. And he'd take me outside one day and he said, you start that Dodge. At long last the thing will start. And then he'll rev it. And after about five minutes, he said, you hear the power? I said, yeah, I can hear the power. He said, it's, it's nice. I hum, hum. After a while, I said, hey, pastor, I can hear the power, but I'm, I'm seeing nothing, Baba. I'm not seeing anything. I said, come here. Let me take you to real power. I'll take him to that Chevrolet truck. The first turn, start, and I'll rev that thing, hum, and I'll say, can you hear the power? He said, yeah, I can hear the power. And then I said, but let me not just let you hear the power. I want to show you power. Put that thing in first gear. <laughs> Boy, you just see tires spinning and smoke. You see, most of the Christians are just hum, hum. Can you hear the power? Hmm, you know what God has done? Hmm, you know, the, uh, you know, Jesus healed people when he was on earth? Hmm, and everybody say, wow, wow. <laughs> well, when are you going to put it in first gear, Baba? When are you going to put everything that you're talking about in first gear? And say, let me show you God's power. That's when people are going to start believing in God. 
Signs and wonders follow the word of God. Come on, church. You want to fill this church up more? Are you going to build that new building within the first time you fill it up? We're going to build another building. You know how that's going to happen? By you survivors, the remnant, showing other people how you got to become a survivor. How did you become a survivor? You just just sort of stand there. It's like a, a guy walking with a machine gun in, 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 in Iraq or Iran where they're fighting, and the guy said, what are you doing with a machine gun? Well, it's my weapon. Well, are you using it? Well, I don't know what to use it for. Do you know how to use it? Well, I think I've got to pull this thing here. I mean, you got the weapon, but you're not using it. You're not going to survive. The first guy that shoots at you, oh, what should I do now? Duh. Use the thing, man. Use your sword. Use your shield. Use the feet. Use your belt. Use everything that God gives you. Use your prayer. Well, are you a survivor? Yep. What time should I be finished? Just give me a big... We started at... 11.30. Okay. I'm just thinking, I, 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 got, I just lost time now. Are you a survivor? In verse 2, God says, Thus says the Lord, the people who survived the sword. You know what the word survivor means in the Hebrew? Remnant. People survived the tax. They survived the sword. I looked up the word sword in the Hebrew. It's a weapon that wants to kill you, destroy you. Listen, Satan is pulling out swords and whoop, whoop, whooping us with sickness, with heart attacks, with COVID, with pornography, you name it. With, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy. John 10, 10. What did Jesus say? But I've come to give you life. You are a survivor. A survivor has got life. Somebody that goes back and doesn't do nothing, doesn't have the life in. They've lost. They've given up. they counted out. They're not going to make it. And there's a lot of Christians that, are back, that have gone backwards now, and they're not making it because they don't want to go on. Just the fact that you're sitting here, you are a survivor. I'm so pleased with you. Even in the cold, you came out, you survived. <laughs> Say, I'm a survivor. Okay. So, those swords, Satan uses those swords against us. What kind of swords? <laughs> what about the sword in the hands of an ex spouse? Have you gone through that one? What about the sword in the hand of an old grumpy neighbor? Mm -hmm. They're saying your music's too loud. You hum, hum, revving that dodge too much. What about a sword in the hand of a Christian, church-going, anointed from hell Christian? You have a lot of Christians that are anointed, but they're anointed from hell. Because they want to break up the band, they want to break up, split up the church, they gossip, they criticize. Criticize everything, they oh my goodness, you can't believe that they're Christians. But they confess to know God, but in their deeds, they deny him. What about a sword in the hand of a bottle of pills, alcohol, drugs? Come on, some of you been there? What about the sword in the hand of COVID or cancer, heart attacks, 
kidney problems, liver problems, diabetes. Come on, some of you have been there. Sword in the hand of divorce. You name it, there's so many swords that Satan can whip you and wipe you out with. And he uses people to do it to you. For some of your family are against you. Some of your brothers and sisters fight and argue and strife. Your wife, your husband, whatever. Your mom, your dad. Satan will use anybody to destroy you. If he can't get you into hell, he'll torment you so you can give up. You better know that you're fighting a fight. But guess what? Paul says, you be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And you put on that full armor of God and you fight, you stand up, you be like a gladiator. You, you get cut, you get hurt, you get whatever. And you go down, sometimes you get up, but you, you win that battle through Christ Jesus. And that what Satan meant for evil, you walk out the other side. And you are comforted through the Holy Spirit when you go through those trials, not around them, not over them. You go through them. And when you get out the other side, then you comfort other people that are going through that. But God did not give me cancer so I can have, be comforted because I've got cancer. So now I can comfort you with cancer. No, God did not give me cancer. God's using what Satan wanted to kill me with to produce life so I can minister to you. And you're going to do the same thing. But you've got to become a survivor. And God said there, come on, all those, all those swords. But guess what? You've got a bigger sword than Satan's sword. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So greater is the sword that I have than the sword from, from, from Satan. <laughs> and when I pluck out that sword, it's the word of God. Oh my goodness, those other swords cannot... Touch the sword because Romans 1 7 he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation, unto healing, to deliver, to prosper everybody. Amen. Why? Because I'm a survivor. I can do it through Christ Jesus. How did they how were they survivors? How did they survive? When did they survive? In the wilderness. In the wilderness where there was no water, there was no food. That's where God came. And they survived. So sometimes you're going through a wilderness. That's where you've got to say, Lord, now you've got to help me. How did they do that? Number two, it says, and they survived the sword. And they found grace in the wilderness. Because of God's grace. What was God's grace? What does the word grace mean? Grace means God accepts you. He approves of what you're doing. He's got favor on your life. Oh my goodness, do you believe that? Say with me, I've got favor with God. You better believe that because what? Do you have the grace of God on you? Yeah, you were saved by grace. So you got God's grace. That's why you're a survivor. You see, and I don't think you and I think about that the whole time. And we don't think all the time that God is a father speaking to us as children. And all we got to do is it could be obedient. Because if we don't, I don't know how God spanks people. I, mean, I know how my father used to spank us. He used to spank me in syllabus. I told you that you should. I said, come on, how long is that sentence? Man? All the time. Come on, God, Dad, can you say, I told you not to do it. And that's it. No, in syllabus. 
But God, if you are disobedient, you will not be a survivor. Only obedient people will be prospered and blessed and be survivors. Because they do what God told them to do. Because of God's grace. Put it up there again. In the wilderness. That's how they became survivors. Why did God give them grace? Why did he give them favor? What he says in, in, the, in the next verse 3. Because the Lord has appeared to, old to me saying, yes, I've loved you with an everlasting love. There's some of you sitting here this morning that has thought, does God really still love me? Well, if God does love me, why is this going wrong? Why is that going wrong? God loves you in spite of what's going wrong. And you better love God in spite of what you're going through. Because you don't love God when everything's hunky-dory and you've got a new car and a nice job and everything and your girlfriend likes you and, woo, boy, you're just good. No, you love God when things are bad as well. Because you've got to put your trust in God when you're in a fight with Satan and everything's going wrong, knowing that God has given you grace and favor and that he loves you with an everlasting love and therefore with loving kindness, with mercy, all right, I have drawn you and I, man, that's why God will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm saying again, God's talking to you. Some of you here this morning that needs to hear this. God loves you. God does not reject people. Even if you're a sinner, he does not reject you. That's what Jesus died for. So you could be, be born again, be forgiven of your sins. That's why we're going to take communion this now. Doesn't mean you can go and sin willfully. It just means that even if you are a sinner, God still sent Jesus. That's how much He loved the world. He's a loving God. He's a good Father. Amen. And He will never, never leave you. Amen. What? Okay. Everybody say with me I'm a survivor because I'm part of the remnant. Are you, are you meaning this? Say, God's got a, love, a favor on me, I've got the grace of God. Because he loves me with an everlasting love. Okay. But Hansi, when I'm, when I'm down and I'm out, listen, God knows your struggles. He knows every attack that you're going through. He knows every cut done to you, everything said to you, every hurt, every pain, everything that's happened to you. God made you. He knows you. Every day, every minute. Yeah, but what if I'm down? The next verse says so, so, so beautifully. He says, and again, I will build you and you shall be rebuilt, O virgin of Israel. Listen, doesn't matter what you're going. Doesn't matter how down and out you are. God says, again, I will build you up. The word, word again, I looked up in the Hebrew. It means over and over and over, not stopping, when you're down, when you're hurting, when you've got pain, when you want to cry. And listen, it's okay to cry. Yeah. I cried my heart out before I went for that cancer treatment to God. And God spoke to me. Yeah. Are you a sissy, Hansi? Well, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian sissy. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind at all. That's why when I put on all my jackets when it's cold, people say, it's 40 degrees, Hansi. I know, but I'm still getting cold. Well, you're a sissy. Well, I'm a warm sissy. <laughs> Do you know that the Father wants to over and over and over build you up, restore you, 
heal your cuts everywhere that you hurt it. Fix you up so that you can next year or, 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 or next week be ready again with the sword and the shield and your armor. And here comes Satan. But this time you're looking at him and saying, come to Papa. Because I got the word and said, oh, what are we going to do? But maybe we should leave him and come back for opportune time. Like when Jesus said to him, get behind me, Satan. All right, he left. But he came back. Jesus went through this. You have the power. All you need to say is, Jesus. And every knee should bow. The blood of Jesus is against you, Satan. Take communion. And that Satan's got to go. Cover yourself with the blood. We Christians aren't even covering ourselves with the blood anymore. We're just accepting that we are covered. If the, if the Israelites didn't put the, the blood against the doorpost, that spirit would have killed them. They had to do it. Apply the blood. How do you apply the blood? With your mouth. You speak the blood against Satan. It's against you. And Lord, I cover myself. Cover my wife. Cover my children. Cover my truck. Cover my truck. Cover my Chevrolet. <laughs> cover my finances. Cover my job. Cover my house. With the blood of Jesus. Because the word of God, which is more powerful says, I'm going to overcome by the blood of the Lamb. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. And I have the Holy Ghost power. I command you, Satan, get out. You COVID demon, get out. You have the power. And you are going to be a survivor. Because you are fighting that good fight of faith. A good example of again and again. My, my daughter, she's 30 in their 30s now married but when she was a baby <coughs> excuse me put a little head in my hand I want to show you what a father does and I hope that the fathers are sitting here are acting like God the father that again and again and over and over you're looking after your wife and looking after your children and supplying their needs and doing what you have to do as a father because your children will never know what the father is if they don't see the father in you and I had this little child in my hand. Man, she was so beautiful. I would go, you little beautiful thing. You look just like your dad. <laughs> and when I t- if, my, if I took my hand away, her little head would fall back. And I'd just p- pick up her head. And then drop it and pick it up. Until I will over and over lift up that little head and hold her in my arms. Until one day she could have that neck or stuff. And then one day she wanted to stand up. Remember? And you would say, okay, baby, okay, baby, okay, baby. Okay. And you catch her just before she falls. And catch her just before she falls. Until she could stand by herself. And then she started walking. Have you ever seen when they, 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 they're on their toes? Why, why do they walk on their toes when they're so small? <laughs> I would say, stupid, you're going to fall over. That's why you're doing this. Man. Put your feet down. But they're on their toes. And then they want to fall and you catch them over and over. You catch them. You hold them until they can walk. Do you remember when they were driving, riding a bicycle? And you would hold the seat at the back. And they would ride and you would run behind them. And then leave them and then they wobble and then you grab it over and over. Until one day when you let, when you let go of that bicycle, there they go. And they go to school. <clears throat> and they need help. And over and over, you help them with their schoolwork, and you teach them, and you show them, and you give them the word of God so they can grow up. 
until they come to you like my daughter came and said, Dad, it's time to get married. I said, there's no over and over and over. There's no help now. <laughs> and still today, she's married for four years and I still get the phone call. Yeah, I don't know what to do. And I say, don't you have a husband? Yes, I do, Dad, but he doesn't know what to do as well. That's what a father is for. Well, get him on the line and talk to me. And a father will restore, pick them up when they've had a fight. And they're mad at each other. I said, both of you get on the face line. That's, what, that, that's good now. Hey, you, that's my daughter. I told you. You hurt her, I hurt you. <laughs> yeah, but dad, she's hurting me. Hey, I didn't raise you that way. You know, I, I, can, I can speak into them. I can encourage them. That's what we are there for. That's what survivors are there for. Okay, Jesus was a survivor. He survived the cross. He survived dead, death. So that you and I can be survivors. Amen? And he'll restore you, he'll fix you, he'll make you whole and complete so that you can turn around and like I said, amen, you can take your tambourines and you can start woof, dancing and praising God in spite of what's happened. That's who you are. And I want to encourage you for this year, <clears throat> stand up, know who you are, Use the name of Jesus. A survivor is somebody that fights with the name of Jesus, with the blood of Jesus, with the sword, the word of God, with the power of the Holy Ghost. Right? With assigning, the, saying, Lord, assign the angels to help me. And you keep on going and you put on that armor of God. And doesn't matter what Satan brings against you, you tell him that God is greater, the power in you is greater than the than what he is. If you don't know how strong you are, and Satan knows that you don't know how strong you are, he can do any, whatever he wants to do with you, and you just, shht, 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 shht. just a marshmallow. Say, I'm not a marshmallow. Come on, say that now. Say, I'm not a marshmallow. I'm a survivor. Say it out loud. I'm a survivor. I'm part of the remnant because of God's love and his mercy. And his grace, and he'll always help me. Say over and over, when I fall, God will raise me up, he'll fix me, he'll restore me. Say, I am a survivor, I'll stay a survivor, I'm going to be a survivor. Watch out, Satan. Give God a clap, come on. Amen. Please go home. I, um, I have to get used to preaching so short. And when, when Pastor told me how short time I had, I said to God, you've got you to give me something. <laughs> so he said, just lift him up. Because, I, you know, I, I really feel that our country is going through so much drama and with this COVID and all the sicknesses and stuff and things and the people, there's no jobs and the economy and everything. Don't get negative, okay? God is still God. And it doesn't matter what you see. You don't go by what you see. You walk by faith. You trust God. You put your God and trust in the name and your faith in the name. Uh, come, guys, you can come up to the band. Uh, the, 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 
Put your faith in the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus, the word, and put on that armor of God and be strong in the Lord. Don't use your physical power or your brain power or your money or, you know, I've got this position. That means absolutely nothing. You use the power of God, the word of God, the name of Jesus, and you fight that spiritual warfare. But always remember, he's your father, you are his child, and you are the remnant, and you are a survivor. Okay, thank you, Jesus. Before I forget, give, give your praise team a nice clap, man. These guys are doing good this morning. But can I do something quickly? Lord, bless this young man in Jesus' name as the leader and the praise and worship leader. Bless him in the mighty name of Jesus. Bless these two young girls in the name of Jesus Christ with their beautiful voices. Anoint them with a special anointing that when they start singing, people will get saved and be set free and delivered. This young man with the guitar, Lord, bless him in the mighty name of Jesus and all things that he needs. The bass player, Lord, thank you that you'll touch him. You'll anoint him and make him strong in the name of Jesus Christ. My brother playing the little bongos here, and my brother singer out there, and all the other praise and worship lead, uh, uh, singers and musicians that are sitting behind, and, and the sound people. Lord, thank you for them. We always pray for other people, and they never get prayed for because they're always busy. Thank you for the sound people, for the people putting the words up there. Bless them with their anointing, and make them that they will know that that's their calling. Whatever their calling is, they'll get through it, and they'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen. We bless them. Stand with me as we have our time of invitation. Our altar team come to the front. Brother Hansi's going to be down front. Now, I need to do a little teaching time real quick. As we grow, what happens is there's, there's new people in the building each service. And so as new people come, they don't, they don't really know what's appropriate here. And then also the people that are uh, they're 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 used to coming. Maybe they don't. They get a little shy because there's new people in the building, and they they begin to kind of get a little timid. Yep. Let me just just drive it home. This altar should be full every service. This altar should be full every service. When God's people need something, they come to God's people, and God works through His people. And God built the church to be interdependent, in which we draw upon each other. We come to, and have each other pray over us. And so, uh, and, and also, uh, if you're really needing a touch from the Lord, I'm going to tell you something. God has done amazing things through Brother Hansi. He can pray over you, and you just see God work in your life. Maybe you just need to come and just. God has encouraged you this morning and you coming and just recommitting to him I will not give up I will continue to walk in the power of the Savior that lives within me I'm not going to quit you just want to come and confirm it this altar should be full every service so don't be shy and timid and say well I don't know what's appropriate here I don't know how they don't you worry about what people think you know what God thinks he wants you coming forward in faith and confidence and my God I need you and so as we have this time of invitation, maybe you want to come and just pray by yourself. That's perfectly fine. Maybe you want God's people to pray over you. Will you move at this time as we worship?